Who wants to go next? Brother Kevin, you come right ahead. And somebody else be thinking. I'm going to go, go, go ahead and get started before everybody starts crying. Uh, that way I can start to cry out. Uh, what a week it was. I mean, uh, first off, you ought to be proud of these teenagers. Um, no trouble. They didn't give us any heartaches. Uh, the boys were up on time. They ate a lot. Every time you went in the cabin, they were eating. Uh, don't know about the girls, but uh, they were really good, really well-behaved young people. Uh, but what we saw the most out of them, we saw a bunch of broken, sad teenagers. Uh, we saw 3,500 people that were, a lot of them were sad, broken. But by the end of the week, there was a lot of smiles and a lot of happiness. Our group was the same way. You know, we prayed a lot with each of them. Um, you know, and, and they were, one night especially, you know, I went up and prayed with one of the young men here. And, and you know, he said, I'm burdened for all the lost. The 16-year-old boy worried about the lost. And what a blessing it was to see these testimonies of these kids behind you. Uh, unbelievable bunch. I told Christy the first night, I said, there's something special about this group. There's something special about this group. And the preacher said it this morning, and, and I've always wanted to say what he said this morning about, you know, they're here fired up and don't drag them down. Pray for them. And they don't need to be drugged down. They're drugged down enough. They're going to start school next week, most of them. And it's going to be tough on them. So we need to uplift these kids. You need to tell these kids how much you appreciate them, how much you're praying for them, and really pray for them. You know, the preacher said, when he said it this morning, man, it, it really did. It hit spot on for me because I thought that's what these kids need. Because a lot of people will, ah, oh, that'll, that'll fade away. And yeah, you're right, it can. It can fade away. But I believe with enough prayer and enough support for these young people that it won't fade away. They'll be the ones sitting in here 20 years from now praising the Lord. They'll be the ones up here in the choir. They'll be the ones in the Sunday school rooms teaching. They'll be the ones, maybe somebody up here in the pulpit preaching. But we've got to encourage them. We've got to pray for them as a church. They need it. You're looking at the future. It's right here behind you, or behind me, is the future of this church, but the future of America. I think everybody ought to go back and listen to Ralph Sexton Jr.'s message about America and where it's headed and stuff. And uh, what a great week. Uh, thank you all for your support. Uh, thank you for the, the money that you did give uh, and the money that the church gave. We do truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you for all the adults that went. Uh, such a big help. Uh, I just can't. And then some of the older, uh, the college kids, thank you all for being a mentor to the kids. Uh, thank you all for being the example. But I'm just thankful that God has given me a little part of these kids' life. So. Amen. Amen. Who's next? Yeah. If whoever's next, just come on up here and sit with me and Brother Greg. It'll be okay. Yeah. Don't I also want to try to get up here before everybody started crying. I can <laughs> keep it together. But um, the Lord really worked in every service and all the music, and it really was all amazing. Um, what God really spoke to my, to me about 
was my personal relationship with him. You know, it doesn't matter how much you are serving or even if you're the earliest person here on Sunday, what you're putting in, it's a daily Christian walk with him. And I wanted to thank you all so much for the money and for the prayers and for allowing us to go. I know this isn't free. And so thank you all. Go ahead, Brogan, you raise your hand. Come on. Somebody come on over here and have a seat. Well, first off, I would like to say thank you for the offering that we had last Sunday morning. Uh, we usually have to do fundraisers to be able to pay for the mission trip, but we didn't have to do that this year. Uh, my favorite lesson was probably Kenny Baldwin's lesson on the axe head that fell in the water, and Elijah prayed, and it came back up on the water. Um, to my knowledge, we had a few people say it in the youth group. And 2019, we had 2,500 people there, and we didn't get to go because of COVID-19 in 2019, but this year we had 3,500 people, which is 1,000 more, which God really worked there. And mostly, I just want to thank Brother Mark for letting us go and having some of our people saved. Um, well, first, I just want to start off by thanking you guys for allowing us to come because it really is, like, the best week of our lives. Like, it's so encouraging, especially right right before we go back to school. It really helps us to just clear our hearts before we go to school and just start our, start our school year off strong. But um, the Lord's really been speaking to me this week about um, salvation. And my mind just kept going back to, like, whenever I was, like, six or seven, I remember I was like, I remember praying with my dad, and I was like, I know I'm saved. I have to be saved. I, I've been in church my whole life. I'm the pastor's kid. Like, what's people going to think of me when they think that I'm not saved? But um, Wednesday night, I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday night, the Lord was really speaking to my heart, and I was like, maybe it's, I just need to surrender my life. He was like, um, so I went to the altar, and I prayed, and I like surrendered my life, and I prayed with my mom. Then I still felt there was like a hole in my heart and nothing was right. It wasn't, I didn't feel right. And so Thursday night, C.T. Townsend preached um, on the sign of the times come in. And he said, if you, if you see the Lord coming right now and you see all your friends getting up, are you going to be sitting in your seat while everyone's going up to heaven? He was like, you need to be 100% sure. So I got my mom and I went to go pray with my mom. And I said, I'm not 100% sure that I'm saved. So I prayed with my mom, and I got that right. And so thank you guys for letting us come. Who else? Come on up here. Brittany, you can come, and then Adam, you can go after Brittany, okay? We'll let Brittany go first. Um, never, the old Brittany would never stand up here and do this, <laughs> um, but I want to thank everyone for letting us go, and it seems like every time I go that there's something going on in my life, and there's always that one song that hits hard, and I also, um, it was at a Bible school probably six years ago, and I got up 
about salvation, but then at the youth rally, it really hit me. And so the last night I made sure that I was saved. And it was a real blessing to know. That's it. Amen. Well, first of all, I just want to say how appreciative I am of a church to support a youth group like this. Um, and like, like it's been said before, you know, this is a highlight week out of year for a lot of people. And it was for me. Uh, back when I went to, you know, conference. This is the first time I've been to conference, and I suppose I've been a leader. Yeah, I'm supposed to be the adult. And it felt weird. It made me feel old. But uh, I guess you got to grow up sometime. But uh, even back when we went to youth conference in my age, I mean, it was always the highlight of the week. You could you get me and David Finney together, and we could tell you stories about youth conference for a lot longer than you'd want to hear about. Um, but it's an encouragement to see these kids. I was only able to go down for two days. Um, to be honest, I wasn't planning on going at all. Uh, I had already taken a vacation, and it's kind of hard to get off a couple weeks in the summer where I work. But uh, the Lord worked it out, and I was able to go down uh, Wednesday after work. I got to go to the Wednesday service and all day Thursday. And I figured after the Lord wants you to be somewhere, he'll be there. Um, and so it was just a blessing to be with these kids. I didn't know some of them that great, uh, but now I do. I feel like we're all friends, and it was, it's an encouragement to see these kids pray with one another, um, you know, talk to each other, bear, bear each burden, each other's burdens, kind of to say. Uh, it's just encouragement to see. Uh, you know, in my Sunday school lesson this morning, uh, I gave the guys a challenge about what to continue on, what do I do next, and we looked at the story of Elijah and Elisha, Right, and it said Elijah was carried up into heaven, his mantle fell down, and Elisha took the mantle and he crossed the Jordan. I don't think there was any magic in the mantle. I don't think there was any magic in the coat. But it was Elisha's faith that continued him on. And I believe the faith has been stirred in this group. And I believe we should continue to keep their faith up. Right? There's a lot we can do. There's a lot we can help. If you don't know any of these kids, I dare you to get to know them, talk to one of them. They're all good kids, right? Get to know them, pray that you would encourage them to keep their faith up because that's what they need. They're going to get drugged down as soon as they go back to school. That's what I told the boys. I told them I was in the same situation when I was their age. I'd go to youth group, you'd get your conference, you'd be fired up, and you know, we've got to go back to school, and it's kind of a drag down. But I believe if we can continue to keep them in their faith, and they can grow in the Lord. I appreciate this church and all that they've done. For me and these kids, I know they'll covet your prayers. Thank you. Amen. Anybody else? Uh, I think we need to sing that whole song if you want to know the truth. I was about to say, which I've got, I don't know how, but I've got four microphones. <laughs> and they don't let me usually touch but the preaching microphone. <laughs> which one? Here you got. Which one did you have, orange?
days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God
seated just a second. You know, I, I could stay here all night. Some of you know that. Uh, but I am going to share one thing with you. Titus chapter number, I don't know, Titus. It's in Titus. I don't remember what chapter. And uh, I know there are more that could speak. Titus chapter number two. And uh, I'm going to try to bring this day to a close. At least our church service part of this. And I know some of you think you preached long enough this morning for morning and night. But it's okay. Titus chapter number two, and I'm going to give you a challenge, okay? We've heard a little bit from them. Truth is, every kid up here could say, you know, hey, God spoke to me about something. Be a better testimony, be a better witness. Some of them salvation. Some of them medicine, some others got sure salvation, some dedication, some, some the influence of friends. You know, there's, there's lots of decisions that have been made here. Lots of decisions. I said to you one of the things that God really has spoken to me about the last few weeks is I, I just close my eyes and I can be a 16-year-old sitting at a youth camp or I can be 17, about to go to high school again, be sitting at a youth conference. And, I mean, you close your eyes and you're there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know? Some of you don't close your eyes now. So I'm going to ask you to make a decision. You. They've made one. And by the way, Every fire that's not tended to will always go out. You, you y'all grew up, y'all grew up, many of y'all grew up like I did with wood burning stoves. When you got ready to go to bed, you had to go, you heard it, stoke the fire, right? And we had that little bottom draft, that little bottom door was fascist, but it also created a little breeze, a little oxygen. And it, it, it'd get that wood all hot and then you, You'd set that fire for the night, and if you did it right, it look at me, it lasted all night. And you wake up to a warm house. And I'm going to say this to you. We talked about worship this morning. We talked about the fire. We've made some decisions. But what I'm going to challenge you with is that is that we must tend to the fire. Titus chapter number 2. And I know what some of you are saying, preacher. So that's all well and good, but I don't get to go ride that zip thing and by the way that was our people you know I said some of that was their highlights but that was our people that did that and that little that little you say what was you doing at that time well I'm like we was going to get ice cream we go to the ice cream store and there's that big thing and some of them crazy people decided to ride it God gave me more sense than that say, what's your decision? Now, notice with me. You say, what's this got to do with me? I say, man, you, and many of you say this. You say, I'm glad they're excited. And you let me know when you have another offer, and I'll throw something else in the plate. I mean, you're not against them. You wouldn't be here tonight if you was against them. Titus chapter number 2 is your answer. The Bible says in verse number 1, but speak the things which become sound doctrine. Circle the word Speak. We have a responsibility to teach these young people where you came from, what your responsibility in life is. We talked a minute ago, some of the adults, what is marriage and what is purity and 
things. You have a, we, have, we have a responsibility to speak the truth to them and to teach them sound doctrine. I'm glad we have some activities, but we know it's not all about just having a good time. I'm glad we can have a good time. The truth is we have a responsibility to teach them the truth. And can I say this to you? You ain't going to teach what you don't know. When I got car trouble, I got to go find somebody that knows how to fix a car. There's things in life I know, but fixing cars ain't one of them. You want to have a theological discussion on the different views of the return of the Lord? I, we can talk for a little while. They get past checking the oil. I got to find somebody knows more about it than I do. And let me say this to you. If you're going to teach the truth, you got to know the truth. And then the Bible goes on and says this. That the aged men. Now Adam joked a minute ago. He said, he said I feel like an old person going to this conference. You wait till you are an old person. So the aged men. Now notice this. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, and charity and patience. Now, I don't have time to deal with it. I've got a whole message I preach on this, but it talks about our life. It talks not just about knowing the truth, but living the truth. That we're to be sober, serious-minded, temperate, but also full of charity and full of faith. Then it says the aged women. Now, some of you don't like to admit that, but you, 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 that category would be you. It says, likewise, that you be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Notice this, that you may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste keepers at home, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Notice this, young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. So here you find the first principle, and that is that we have a responsibility to speak the truth to another generation. Now I'm challenging you. I'm sick and tired of your generation and my generation blaming kids. We say, well, those, the kids aren't like they used to be. No, bottom line is parents aren't what they used to be. I'm sorry, you can teach a dog when to go to the bathroom, when to eat, and what it can't eat. You can't tell me you can't teach children. Bottom line is we're too self-absorbed and selfish and interested in our self-interest hobbies instead of teaching and training another generation. How I many of you know you walked into class, you walked in a room full of adults and if you spoke before somebody looked at you, it wasn't going to be good. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's a training. Somebody said, well, we ain't there now, them kids. No, 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 no. Them parents ain't what they used to be. And let me say a word while we're on the subject. Part of it is because the grandparents spoil them. If you're a grandparent, don't you dare tell your kids not to spank your children, their children. It was your responsibility to raise them, let them raise the, their kids. You can buy them ice cream when they're not home, but let them discipline their own kids. You can take them out, you can treat them. You can be a grandparent, but don't stop their parents from being parents. So that ain't in the text, it's in the original language. It is to love their husbands and love their children. The Bible says, whom you love, you chasten. It's in there. We better hurry on. Then notice verse number seven. In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine and showing uncorruptness. Circle the word showing. And we don't have time to turn there, but Psalm 78 says this, that we're to show, showing the generation to come the goodness of God and the praises of God. 
Now, I'm going to say this to you. Your kids and my kids are going to emulate what I am. By and large, these kids are going to emulate what is out there. And can I give you this challenge, and I'm done. Don't be a parent and a Christian that says, don't do what I do, but do what I say. Now, the Bible principle is, those of you that are older, you get full of faith, loving God, sober-minded, serious, then you speak to them. And every now and then, you've got to have some difficult conversations. Every now and then, you've got to say, look, I'm, I, say what you want to, but you need to be careful with this. This could get out of hand. But let me say this more importantly than just speaking to them. You need to show them how to live. So my challenge to you is tonight, look, I, I wish we had time to listen to every one of them. I wish we had time to say every one of them testify. And some of them say, and I'm thank God we don't. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you what decision you're going to make. So I didn't go down there. I didn't get to see it. I didn't hear Kenny Baldwin and C.T. Townsend and Jared Dixon and Steve Cox. And he said, I didn't get to hear all that. But can I challenge you with this? Look at me. You have the responsibility to speak the truth to them and to show them. It goes a step further. It's not just those college kids showing those middle school kids how to live. It ain't just those young couples showing those college students that aren't married yet how to live. It ain't just us middle-aged folks showing the next generation how to raise your little kids. But it's those of you that are showing us on the other end of life how to live and continue and to finish well. See, that responsibility never ends. So I'm going to ask you a question. As a church, will you make this commitment that you're going to speak the truth and show the truth? To another generation. I say this to families. As a pastor, sometimes it's hard. I've never gone through the I've never gone through the difficulty of losing a spouse. Some of you have. Some of you sitting under my voice, and and I say this to them. And sometimes at a funeral home, or sometimes in a house, you'll hear the cries of a little baby or a little toddler. And I've said this. There's another generation that needs you. They need granny. They need papa. And if God in his wisdom, look at me, has left you here, and I say this to you, there's another generation, not just in your house, but in God's house that needs you. Brother Kevin said a minute ago about speaking to him, or I think he said this, and I'm afraid sometimes we look at teenagers like they're elephants at the zoo. You say, what do you mean? If you'll stay on that side of the glass, I'll stay on this side of the glass. But if I study this book, that ain't the way it's designed to be. You say, we got a youth program. we got youth activities. That's great. That's good. That's, I'm, I'm glad we do. But what they need is people to take an interest in their life. One-on-one. -on -one. Could take a couple of them and do something, do something, teach them the truth of God's word.
Speak and show. I'm asking you. We've heard some of their commitments, but I'm going to ask you as a church to make a commitment. Not just to fund it, but to be personally involved in young people's life. I want you to bow with me in prayer. How many of you say tonight, you say, when I was a young person, either as a young couple or maybe as a teenager, you say, I can close my eyes and go back there. And there was a young couple, there was a Sunday school teacher, there was some in the church, there was somebody in my family that took an interest in my life. Would you raise your hand big and high? That's almost every hand in this room that I'm going to challenge you with it. Find somebody to take underneath your wings. You say, man, they, they, they don't even think right. I know they don't think right because they ain't been taught right. So they don't, they're, they're so mixed up in what that generation hears. Well, take the word of God and show them the truth. Don't fuss about the kids when the adults ain't going to do their part. But I'm going to ask you to make a commitment that you're going to speak the truth, the truth of God's word. You're not going to back down. You're not going to compromise. You're not going to say, well, whatever makes the kids happy. No, 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 no. You're going to speak the truth of God's word. But you're going to show them the goodness and grace of God. How many of you with your heads bowed? There's somebody up here in this choir that you either identify with as a family member or a friend or somebody that you know God has knit your heart with. Would you raise your hand big and high? Now, I'm going to ask those of you that don't have your hand raised to pray and ask God to give you someone. But it's kind of like that alabaster box. It's going to take a little effort. And it's probably going to take a little expense to be invested in something. 